Welcome to The Advertising Show, America's only radio program focusing on advertising, media, marketing, product development, branding, new media, sales and customer relations. Stay with us for entertaining marketing discussion and our special guest interview. Now, here are your hosts, Ray Shillins and Brad Forsyth. A couple of turkeys, right? Oh, no. On the Advertising Show, Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth being brought to you by Advertising Age Magazine. Visit online at adh.com. Advertising Show, a big radio midget production. And today, very special guest. And she's she's actually been a guest here before on the Advertising Show. We're happy, happy to welcome back Linda Kaplan Thaler, co-author of The Power of Nice, How to Conquer the Business World with Kindness. So we're going to learn and be on our best behavior today, Brad. We'll yeah. Some good things from Linda. And we'll tell you more about her in just a few minutes. Also have uh, Patrick Meyer with us this hour, the marketing insider. Patrick is talking about Naughty is Nice. You might recall he did uh, Naughty is Nice Part 1 last week. Well, it's Part 2 this week. And that's all there is. There's no sequels. <laughs> and uh, a little bit later on this hour, it's uh, a segment that we bring back from time to time. It's called Our Advertising Showcase. It's called Goodvertising. So we'll have that with uh, with you. How are you doing, by the way? I'm doing great. And uh, I take it that uh, everything went well over the uh, Thanksgiving holiday for Absolutely. you? Absolutely. We've had uh, now black. We've had uh, black Mon- or uh, Cyber Monday and Cyber black, Monday, uh, black Friday, Friday and right, all exactly. that good stuff. Yeah. So yeah, and you know, I came across this uh, just in time for uh, Linda's appearance today, and I know she's going to note this because this is right up, uh, right up her alley as well as all of her associates back at the uh, Linda Kaplan Thaler Group uh, online. Dot, uh, online shoes, Ray. Onlineshoes.com has come up with a rather unique proposition this year to boost sales and to draw new customers. The online shoe store has rolled out. Get this now, shoe of the month club called Shoeforia. Okay. Now it's it's kind of along the lines of you know the wine <laughs> wine of the month and so forth. Yeah. Apparently, uh, gift givers are invited to sign up, and the lucky recipient will receive a new pair of shoes every month. Isn't that interesting? A company rep said people hmm. don't buy shoes just for the sake of practicality. No kidding. Shoes are yeah, especially women. Uh, shoes are a form of personal exper- expression. Uh, just ask uh, what uh, Imelda Marcos. But uh, such expression or does come men, or does, many women. Uh, <laughs> That's true. It doesn't come cheap, though, Ray. Uh, upfront payment, get this, of $1,000 gets you your monthly shoe fix, and uh, less frequent and less expensive shoes are available. Interested? Listen, I think that's a pretty good idea. $1,000 is it's not actually, a bad deal. It's not a bad idea, and it'll be interesting to uh, contact them after the holidays and see how it's, how it's going. You know, you brought up Black Friday, which I think is an ominous way to describe that day, but... Uh, yeah. Cyber Monday, uh, really, uh, it, it says here, if you did a Google search on Cyber Monday, you would get as many as 779,000 results. That's hmm. pretty good. It was created a week and a half ago uh, yeah. to describe the jump in the online activity. So uh, Black Friday, additionally, the, the official cook-off, or the kickoff, I should say, of the <laughs> t- traditional retail season, the story goes online retail, really takes off the following Monday. So Cyber Monday, we have a new name. Yeah. Uh, it, 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 but they said there's one problem. It isn't true, at least for many online retailers. Contrary true. to what the recent uh, blitz of media coverage implied, several Monday wasn't nearly the biggest online or shopping or spending day of the year. It ranks only as the 12th biggest day historically. Mm-hmm. According to uh, market researcher Comscore Networks, not even uh, the first big day of the season. So mm-hmm. basically what they're saying for the online retailers, the bigger spending day of the season to date it was way back 
on November 22nd, three days before Black Friday. What's more, right. most e-tailers say the season's top spending day comes much later between around December 5th and the 15th. That would make sense for all of those last-minute shoppers who said, you know, I better get something because they're not going to be happy if I don't. Right. So. But, but yet they still struggle with the uh, delivery dates. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's an issue with a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, people, that, a lot of consumers that shop online. And uh, that's yeah. probably why, as you, you identified, they have an earlier peak date than, than most people think. Because, you know, until they get their shipping and logistics down to where they can turn that out quicker, mm-hmm. I think it's always going to be a bit earlier. And, if it, you know, you mentioned last-minute shoppers. I'm not sure online's the best way to go in that case. And you're going to pay higher for your your uh, short, shorter uh, or quicker uh, shipping. And you, you'll, yeah, sure. You, exactly. You'll pay for that premium. But, you know, some people are willing to do that. I, I still enjoy... Touching things, seeing things before yeah. they buy them. That's right. that's the way I like. Especially the lingerie area. I know exactly. Right. 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 Exactly. And how long ago, Ray, did we predict that satellite radio would come down to eventually one company? Mm-hmm. We said that what no, three, four years ago. ago? Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Well, apparently, uh, you know, uh, who is it? Well, this name doesn't surprise you, Uncle Mel. If I were to say mm-hmm. Uncle Mel, yeah, who Carl's would you think? Yeah, Carmazin. Apparently, uh, many radio analysts have said recently that the market for satellite radio probably isn't large enough to support two players, Sirius and XM, of course, and Carmazin apparently agrees. But uh, apparently, uh, you know, Mel's singing a different tune uh, since uh, both satellite companies are struggling with, uh, you know, their their stocks down, and apparently not not as many that are as eager as eager as yeah. they say to uh, pay twelve ninety five a month for the privilege of listening to commercial free radio and as you know and we've said it it's not always commercial free right no it's not no yeah so you know they're struggling with that and i think uh, it wouldn't surprise me if one day it, it did uh, it did uh, end up being one company but for now it's two well it's interesting because uh, i think we talked about this before as well this is more of a transitional stage for entertainment as well mm-hmm. uh this is not uh, you know it's great and everything but there are a lot of other opportunities and a lot of other things that people can do to listen to their favorite tunes and mm-hmm. and when you get right down to it a lot of radio listening is done listening to their favorite tunes and i suppose in the case of personalities and such obviously there's a thing called podcasting boys and girls so <laughs> so that's what i'm saying it's kind of a it's kind of a leapfrog type thing and uh so they're probably smart to do that. Here's Patrick Meyer on the Advertising Show. Welcome to Understanding the Future Now. It's the Marketing Insider featuring Patrick Meyer. Today I'm going to talk to you about something that's so simple but may make you scream with delight. It's called Naughty is Nice. Yankelovich recently reported that one of the key insights was willful disobedience. 73% of consumers feel empowered to break the rules to break the rules a bit. They want to break the rules having more fun. They want to break the rules in how they shop. They want to break the rules in terms of what they get from brands, things that they're doing that surprise and delight them, things that are brought their way by brands that are their favorites. Think about Target. Target breaks the rules constantly. They aren't like Walmart. They have more fun. They have more personality, and they bring them something special and unique. So what I want you to do is to take your ad campaign, your media plan, your marketing plan, everything you do, and put it through a naughty as nice filter. Do you have a little bit of playfulness in what you're doing? Do you make the consumer smile? Are you bringing out things that would cause them to talk about your brand? Look across your whole set of plans and systematically try and find a couple things over a 12-month period that are a little bit naughtier than everybody else that's in the category. You've been listening to The Marketing Insider, heard every week here on The Advertising Show. Join us next week for more insight into the future of marketing. I'm Patrick Meyer, and remember, 
the marketing revolution is now. Thank you, Patrick. wonder if Patrick is naughty or nice. Probably a little bit of both, right? But mostly mm-hmm. nice. The Power of Nice is what we're uh, talking about uh, tonight. It's a brand-new book of, uh, from uh, Linda Kaplan-Thaler, co-author of The Power of Nice, How to Conquer the Business World with Kindness. Linda has a bio, uh, and if you don't know Linda, you probably ought to. This one, two, two pages, <laughs> two full two pages page. in 12 point. Linda is, uh, has been responsible for some of the most touching, relevant, and famous commercials during her 25 years in the advertising and entertainment industry. She is acclaimed within the industry for her innovative and topical approach. Much of her work has become part of the American pop culture landscape. She has authored and composed campaign jingles that are among the industry's gold standard, uh, including I Don't Want to Grow Up, I'm a Toys R Us Kid. Uh, whoops. Well, I guess we'll have to continue her bio here in just a couple of minutes. Anyway, today is Linda is the Chief Executive Officer and Chief Creative Officer of the Kaplan Thaler Group. And we've got Linda with us here on the Advertising Show in just a moment. Stay with us. Make your advertising dollars work smarter. You're listening to The Advertising Show with Ray Schillens and Brad Forsyth. Juicy. Hey, how about a nice Hawaiian punch? Sure. You taste seven kinds of fruit in Hawaiian punch. Seven kinds of fruit in Hawaiian punch. Hawaiian punch is made with seven kinds of fruit. Okay, so that's not the Toys R Us jingle, but it's kind of close. Kodak Moments, uh, Linda Kaplan-Thaler, the heart of uh, communication for Bell Atlantic, one over 13 Clios, two were for best original music and lyrics. My goodness. And you write books now. Well, we know that, though. The Power of Nice, How to Conquer the Business World with Kindness. Hey, Linda, thanks for coming back here on the Advertising Show. It's good to have you here. It's my pleasure. Yeah, and aren't we glad that uh, Linda didn't get together with uh, Charles Nelson Riley and Sally Jesse Raphael to open her agency, huh, Ray? <laughs> I mean, they'd have to buy a real big door for that one. Before we start talking about the uh, book, Linda, and uh, thanks so much for joining us, bring us up to date on what's going on the, at the uh, Kaplan-Thaler Group. Well, I think most people, if they may not know our name, they certainly know things that we do, like the Aflac Doc. Aflac! Very good. Which, is, which is kind of taken over, you know, the cultural universe in terms of little kids thinking that ducks don't quack, but they actually <laughs> they actually say the name of an insurance company. So, I mean, it's it's actually been so popular that when ducks see other ducks, they immediately think of supplemental insurance. So that's been a good thing. <laughs> but I think we realize that our, our agency, which has been um, the fastest growing agency uh, in the United States for a couple of years running now, um, it wasn't just sort of brains and creativity, but we were actually doing something in the way we're interacting with clients and with each other, um, and it had to do with being nice, actually, something that's never talked about in marketing books. Um, so we thought we needed to write a book about it. Yeah, and, you know, uh, you mentioned Aflac, and that that, that uh, client really puts you guys on the map, I, I think, uh, you know, as far as a, a national uh, platform. And, and you mentioned in the book about your client, Aflac, and how through listening to what the client's real uh, desires were, you came up with a, a, a great campaign that uh, truly is a part of the uh, – uh, of pop culture today. Before uh, the, let, let's talk a little bit about your book and jump into that. The central pyth- hypothesis of your book, Linda, if you would please. Nice is a power word. I mean, nice has gotten a bad rap, and it certainly gets a bad rap in business. We've all gone to church or synagogue and told that you know you should behave nicely, you should do kind gestures, you should give out positive imprints, but no one ever tells you that it can make you uh, a lot wealthier. And in today's business climate, you know, you just can't afford to be mean. Mean is kind of like so last millennium. You do one wrong thing now, you can get out of, you can out your boss on a website, and you know you can't delete yourself in cyberspace. And as mm-hmm. we saw what happened with Michael Richards, is you do one 
really awful thing, and uh, that's it. Mm-hmm. It's never going away. You know, you are, you are so right. And, now, and certainly if we all live and work in, in the world today, that being nice seems to be such an unusual way to behave. How did we get this way? You know, it's bred into our DNA to actually um, collaborate with people. I mean, we never would have survived as a species if we didn't hunt together and gather together and all that great stuff. So it's kind of bred into us. Um, and then it's bred out of us when we get into um, in, inside an office because we're watching reality shows on TV that tell you to eat your young in order to survive. And I'm particularly pointing this out, and we do a lot of speaking engagements around the country, many of them to young people who believe by reading books like Swim with the Sharks and Leadership Soprano Style and Nice Girls Don't Get the Corner Office, that the way to behave in, in, in um, the professional world is to just steal that piece of the pie, step on your cohort. And you know what? It just doesn't work anymore. It is not the way to get ahead. Um, and we seem to be the only ones out there preaching what seems to be counterintuitive to what's, a, you know, it taught in business today, which is that being nice is probably one of the most powerful and forceful things that you can do. You know, uh, and in your book, and, and we, we in the business world often hear that uh, people say you need to separate business from personal. Uh, and you're suggesting, I guess, that there really is no separation, right, Linda? There really is no separation, and, and it really has to do with sort of clear-eyed honesty. You know, everything that you do, it's starting from the beginning of your career, is planting seeds. And I will tell you, interestingly, you mentioned Aflac. Did you know that the, the whole reason that this happened with Aflac, yeah, we came up with the quacking duck and it was a lot of fun. But after we won the account, I tried to trace back how it happened because I never knew the people at Aflac. They live in Atlanta, Georgia. And, and they're terrific, but they didn't know me. And they said, oh, we were, you were suggested by somebody named Jerry Lukeman. Jerry Lukeman owns a research company. I said, that's great. And I called up Jerry Lukeman and I said, I don't know you. Why did you recommend me? He said, I don't know you either. But I was um, I have a very good friend who lives in New York. Well, I didn't know the friend either. And then I realized that 15 years ago, he was a retired owner of a company whose business I worked on. And uh, to be nice, I decided to take him out to lunch and sort of get his feedback on what he thought about my advertising. It was one lunch. Little did I know Mm -hmm. that 15 years later, the dessert would be a multi-multi-million dollar account. And it was all because this guy called up the research guy and said, I know a very nice lady that you should give a call to. And that's how the chain Hmm. started. Yeah, I think we're all uh, uh, geared for a quick payoff for anything we invest our time and effort in. And, you know, your book illustrates in many, many uh, examples. And we all, if we're in business for any amount of time, have experienced this as well. Your book's been a big hit, Linda. Are you surprised about uh, a book being on nice could be well, so popular? I, I thought it would resonate well. and But what I didn't, what I don't, Robin Coval, who's the co-author uh, of the book, what we didn't realize is that it was going to become a national bestseller the moment it came out and it went on. New York Times bestseller list and the Wall Street Journal and Boston Globe all within the same week. And what's happened is it's switched over to become really kind of like a self-help book um, far outside the marketing and advertising arena. Um, we have religious groups calling us. We have college and universities calling us. And uh, it's been translated now in, in about 15 different languages. So it's, it's going global to some countries, by the way, that aren't quite so nice and probably yeah. can't really use the book. And the other thing that's happening is people are buying it as holiday uh, Christmas gifts for their office because if there's one kind of mean 
person in the company. They can't, <laughs> they, very, they can't very well single out and give it to him, right? Yeah. So they need to buy it for the whole group. Of course. <laughs> That's funny. Did you find, uh, you know, you mentioned other, other countries and other cultures, and I think we all tend to think, uh, for example, right. uh, the Asian cultures in a general yeah. sense are, are very polite and nice people. Did you find other cultures tend to be maybe not as nice as even Americans? Yeah, well, every country has their own cultural way of behaving, and, and who's to say, you know, what's nice and nice, nice? Because, you know, in, for example, researching the book, you know, just a piece of trivia is that if you stand 18 inches away from somebody in the United States, that's considered not invading their space. But if you stand that far away from somebody in a in a country where that's very overpopulated, let's say in Tokyo, uh, in a city like Tokyo in Japan. Um, that will be considered like very distant. You know, people get much closer to you. But if you're in Texas, you should be standing about three feet from somebody before you invade their space. I mean, there's things that you really learn. You learn about when you do when you research in the book about what's considered polite and impolite. But, you know, basically, what people don't realize is a negative imprint really cost, ends up costing you could cost you hundreds of thousands of dollars. We found out about an ad agency that was competing with two other agencies. They were just about to get the account. They met the client at the airport. They were going to visit them at the agency. And uh, the account guy didn't pick up her bags. Hmm. They lost it right then and there. Wow. You know, because nice is not uh, a one-time thing. It has to be a 24-7. You have to work your nice muscles. And I want to tell you, for anybody out there who's nice but could be nicer, it's like a muscle. We have a nice cute test that we have patented with a, with a wonderful psychiatrist we work with. And if you go to thepowerofnice.com, you can take the nice cute test and see how well you score. Yeah, we should have done that before the show. Well, well I we didn't did. want, you know, but you don't want to get a bad mark and then feel depressed about the end. Well, we would really. just lie about it, actually. Yeah, we, right. You know, we can do that. What do we have, uh, about a minute left, Yeah, right? about a minute, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, do you think the uh, appeal of your book, the broad appeal of your book, uh, Linda, suggests that down deep we all want to be nice? I haven't met one person who doesn't think they're nice. We, we all have the genetic code to do it. It's just that life teaches us other things. And if there's anything this book does, it basically says get back to the basics of who you are when you were kind of born. Um, so it's, it, it's a lot of common sense stuff, but you know, unbelievable stories in the book by very, very famous people. One of them, by the way, Jay Leno, who wrote the foreword to the book. Yeah, and I'm going to ask you about that uh, next segment. On the advertising show, Ray Schillens, Brad Forsyth, with a special guest and author, co-author of The Power of Nice, How to Conquer the Business World with Kindness. Special guest is Linda Kaplan-Thaler here at The Advertising Show. TheAdvertisingShow.com being powered by Shipple.com. That's S-C-H-I-P-U-L.com and a program called Tendency. It's one heck of a marketing program. Check it out at Shipple.com. And we hope you stay with us for more of The Advertising Show. Much more to come with Linda Kaplan-Thaler and uh, Ray Schillens and Brad Forsyth. Make informed decisions about your company's advertising strategy. This is The Advertising Show. There's nothing like the face of a kid eating a Hershey bar. There's nothing like it you So glad you're back with us here on the Advertising Show. Ray Shillings, Brad Forsyth, and our special guest is Linda Kaplan-Thaler, the co-author of the book, The Power of Nice, How to Conquer the Business World with Kindness. Boy, I'll tell you, 
Buy a book for a lot of businesses, okay? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's time. Welcome back yeah. to the show, Linda. Hi. Thank you. Yeah, and uh, right before the break, I was mentioning, uh, and you mentioned Jay Leno, and you do mention uh, Jay, Jay weighs in on a few subjects within your book, but I want to, I've got to ask right there on the, uh, on the front cover, you know, not, not beyond a great uh, marketing person like yourself, you, you take the Jay Leno brand and put it right there on the front, and it says, Forward. By Jay Leno. So how did you get Jay to write your forward? If Robin and I had our way, instead of the book being titled The Power of Nice, it would have just said Forward by Jay Leno. Yeah, I understand. No, do you know that I don't even know him? He got wind of the book. We wanted a couple of stories because we've heard he's the nicest guy in Hollywood. Um, We knew somebody in common. So I figured, oh, his assistant will call me. I'll get an email from his publicist. No, he calls me in my office. He just called us and said, hi, I'm Jay Leno, like I wouldn't recognize the voice, right? And proceeded to tell us 45 minutes of unbelievable stories. And we just said, you know, you're, you're telling us so many great things. Do you want to write the forward for the book? He said, sure. Wow. I mean, there's a nice guy. Mm-hmm. And he, he had so much wisdom to impart. I mean, you know, everything he does and everything he says is, is kind of like a little microcosm of, of, of how you should behave in life. He talks about why it's called the Jay Leno show, uh, the, uh, the Tonight Show with Jay Leno, not starring Jay Leno. Hmm, right. Because his mother thought it was too egocentric to say starring. And this is, this is kind of the guy he is, you know? You know, and you get a sense of you get a sense of that watching him because he refers to his mother, and he's a really down to earth guy. And uh, really glad to hear you uh, say that. You know, uh, uh, so much we uh, the title suggests that, as you mentioned in the uh, beginning, that uh, there's much power in in being nice. Have you found cynics that uh, suggest that you're being unrealistic if you're being nice, and that you'll just be taken advantage of? You know, it's interesting because a lot of people start out in a cynical way because they read the title, and then they read on, and because I read all the blogs and all the comments and all that stuff, because basically we're, we're changing what the word means um, to, to create a power tool. It's not a doormat. It's not to be stepped on. You know, it, 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 it's a muscle that you can really exercise and, and have a tremendous amount of strength with it. Um, and so I actually am surprised that we're not getting more uh, snarky criticisms, um, and I think it's because it's reaching a core with people, especially when you we have a you know a film that we talk about some of the great people, the great leaders in this country who are zillionaires and who basically are nice. You've got Michael Dell who answers all his own emails. You've got Michael Bloomberg, you know, a great mayor of New York City, who has his phone listed in the phone book and takes calls from <laughs> at his home at night. And you, yeah. you have people who are leading. They don't make the headlines because they're not doing things that are wrong, but they are making, you know, they are creating double-digit growth for their company. And it's not by accident that, you know, Anne Mulcahy gives people off on their birthday. She's the yeah. CEO of Xerox. And, and you know, you you, you have uh, a lot of advertising and marketing ba- uh, uh, samples or examples within your within your story there and within your book. But yet, uh, that's just really because you and your co-author Robin and your and your associate Robin are both just coming up from that background. But uh, if you're a listener and you're not in the advertising or marketing or media fields, yeah, I got to tell you, it's a great read and I highly recommend it. For those of us that do work in advertising, of course, many of us have to make client presentations, and you know, sometimes the client decides that he or she doesn't like. What we're, what we're presenting, and you you share in your book uh, an interesting uh, idea of how to handle reject, rejections and being nice and how to how to go about this. Share yeah, share know, with it's, us. It's sort of 
of like creating a, a sandwich, uh, you know, making a yes sandwich out of a no. Um, somebody asked me that recently about, you know, how to say no. You know, a client gives you an idea that's uh, a real turkey. I mean, you can look back and say, boy, that's a real jerky idea. No wonder you needed an ad agency. Or, of course, you wouldn't go out and do that. But instead of giving a flat no, we have a, a chapter called Yes, You Wear to, yes, you wear to the Top. And basically... You know, you look at the client, you find something truthful and they said what they said. You start by saying, you know, yes, I can see why you why you would have looked at it. And by the way, we talk a lot about putting your head on somebody else's shoulders. Actually, physically feeling like your head is on their shoulders. How do they see the world from your point of view? And if it's a, a client, he's probably got a fair amount of insecurity. He's probably surrounded by some of his um, underlings who he wants to seem very, he or she wants to seem very intelligent. Everybody wants to feel like they're Einstein, of course. So it's yes, I, in other words, yes, you, 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 you uh, appreciate what somebody's saying. You, 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 um, find a positive way of looking at that. Then you, then you go into, I'm not sure how it would work in this instance, you know, and then you go back to yes. But thank you for that comment. We're going to go back and look at it. And and there is a way to turn every single no into a yes. If I tell you how much business we garnered because we were able to take a flat no and turn it into a yes, where somebody felt good about a comment, even if it wasn't accepted, how many ideas didn't fall apart on the table, including things like the Affleck duck, because we didn't give it a flat no. Hmm. Yeah, and you know, we've all been in this business for a while, and I think in our younger years, uh, a client says, I don't like it, and, and you walk away and you tuck your tail between your right. legs and you right. get back to the office and you say, hmm, maybe we should have asked what it was that he didn't like about it. Exactly. Exactly. And you know what? There's a way, we call it assuming goodwill, and it's, a, it's obviously a therapeutic tool, you know. It, it's When somebody says something, even if it's a caustic, even if it's a comment from, you know, somebody that you're working with and somebody turns to you and says, you know what, Linda, I really hate those earrings you're wearing. Now, you can deflect with something negative that's back. We call it an echo effect. And then, of course, it leads nowhere. Or you can say, you know, thank God you notice what I'm wearing, you know, my earrings, because no one ever notices anything I wear in this place. Brad is wearing some beautiful earrings tonight. And, well, uh, thank you. We'll be back uh, with uh, more of the advertising show in just a minute. Stay with us. Simplifying the complex world of advertising. To reach Ray and Brad with your questions, log on to theadvertisingshow.com. This is The Advertising Show. Never borrow money needlessly just when you must. Borrow then when loans are a specialty from folks you trust. Yeah, but just don't borrow any money from us here at the Advertising Show, okay? Uh, Linda Kaplan-Thaler, our special guest and co-author of The Power is Nice, How to Conquer the Business World with Kindness, back with us for, uh, this is, uh, Brian, this is Linda's second time in the Advertising Show, right. isn't it? That's, yeah. Linda, mm-hmm. welcome back. Nice to have you. It's great to be back. Yeah, and remind us of your fir- first book that, that brought us to know you, Linda. Yes, bang. Probably bang. Bang, Getting Your Message Heard in a Noisy World. Yeah. Uh, which is basically, you know, sort of talk about, you know, the process of creativity. And uh, nice is really kind of like how we do it, you know. It, it's, how, it's how you get those ideas, of course, how you sell those things. And uh, it's it's not often, a, you know, a straight path to get someplace. Sometimes it takes a little bit of empathy and understanding um, in order to sell your ideas in. And uh, you got to be nice to do that. 
You know, empathy is such an underrated uh, uh, yes. talent, don't you think? Yeah, they actually, believe it or not, have started to teach empathy in grade schools because children are so lacking in it. That's great. Uh, in this computer uh, internet world we're living in, um, people are really le- losing touch with basic things like um, smiling. Smiling, by the way, is one of the easiest ways to get business. You know, smiling and nodding at a client when you're there with other agencies getting briefed on a pitch, you know how they have to sit with the other agencies. and You look at the client and you nod and you smile and you're going to get that guy's attention from day one. Um, that positive reinforcement goes a long way. So uh, we talk about smiling in the book. And if you don't like your teeth, you know, get them whitened or something. <laughs> yeah, which you mentioned in the book, and both you and your, your associate, Robin, have done that. And congratulations. And uh, I understand yeah, you're... You can also congratulate Dr. Soren, who's made a fortune. Well, I was going to say, <laughs> his children are now attending Ivy League, and they appreciate that. <laughs> Yeah, uh, and everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, you guys have uh, such an interesting policy at your agency about firing people. It really blew me away. But once I read it, it, like, makes all the sense in the world. Share with our audience uh, your Well, your you policy. know, I, I, I learned this from Warren Buffett, who I interviewed once, and he's never fired anybody. You know, it's kind of a Quaker philosophy. Everybody's good at something. you got to just find out what it is. So we don't believe in firing people um, unless they do something pretty illegal or get asked off 8,000 pieces of business. We move them around until they, we find the right fit. Um, once you hire somebody, they're really part of your family, and you owe it to them to keep them employed. It's very counterintuitive to business, um, but I can't tell you how loyal people are because they know um, that they're really part of a family. And I don't believe that. I believe, you know, the world is very messy now. Our personal and business lives really are more melded together, and um, you got to accept the whole person, warts and all. And, and how often did you fi- do you find that you uh, move someone around and find another place for them that's in a totally different uh, area of, of their what they thought their talents were, and they, um, they exceed? Uh, we sometimes do it for years until we find the right fit. Now, I won't say that occasionally somebody does have to be let go, but you, but you got to do it in a way that's not an ad hominem attack, you know what I mean? So, hmm. so that somebody knows that they're really gifted. It may not be something that is the right account at this agency, but we will help them find something else for them, uh, and we do, uh, and it's our policy. And, you know, one of the people that actually left the agency, not was fired, but she took another job, and we could have been really angry because we really needed her, and she kind of left abruptly, And but uh, we treated her really nicely, and lo and behold, a year and a half later, her uncle becomes a CEO of one of our largest accounts. So there you go. That's yeah. the power mm-hmm. of nice again, right? I had a woman walk into my agency three years ago. I thought she was looking for a job. We have a policy at our agency. Every email gets answered. Every phone call gets answered. Um, everybody. I don't care if it's a college, you know, a college undergraduate or a CEO of a, you know, a 200 uh, blue chip firm. Um, and uh, we thought she needed a job, but we didn't have one. And we brought her in, and she looked at me and she said, "You don't remember me, do you?" And I said, "She said I'm not looking for a job. I'm looking because I have two huge pieces of business, and I need to." unload them someplace because my old agency fell apart. And I said, why are you doing this? She said, because 25 years ago I was a lowly account executive at J. Walter Thompson, and you were the only one in the creative department that treated me with respect. And I've been waiting 20 years to say thank you. Wow. She handed me $40 million worth of business that day. Hmm. Wow. 
You know, so yeah, was this, uh, you know, you have so many examples that you cite in the book. Is this something that just you and Robin one day, a a light bulb went off and said, wait a minute, there's a, there's a history here. There's a, there's something that keeps repeating or how'd you come up with this? You know, it's, it's not that I'm the nicest person in the world or any of, you know, it's, it's simply that we were trying to figure out when we would win accounts, what was the, what was the, what was the straw that, you know, what was the thing that did it? And more often than not, it had to do with some positive chemistry, not the way that we behave towards the client, but way the, the way the client saw that we behave towards each other. I was giving a talk to some young women and mentoring them and said two words to remember as you go through your career, be nice. And uh, I did it as a favor to somebody. I gave a speech, and lo and behold, the editor of um, Oprah Magazine was in the audience. She said, would you write an article about being nice? And I said, I'll do more than that. I'll write the article, and then Robin and I are going to write a book. Best of luck with the book, too, as well. I mean, it's obviously going to sell itself. The Power of Nice. How to Conquer uh, the Business World with uh, Kindness. And it's Linda Kaplan-Taylor. Thanks for being on the advertising show. Thanks a lot. You're listening to The Advertising Show with Ray Shillins and Brad Forsyth. Hi, I'm Joe, and this is Tommy, and we love Kellogg's Frosted Flakes. We uh, head into the wilderness every fall to uh, get in touch with our Tony. Tony, yeah, right. Who's Tony? <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, whatever. It's uh, thanks to Linda Kaplan-Taylor again, The Power of Nice, How to Conquer the Business World with Kindness. Boy, I tell you, Brad, you, you and I probably both know a whole bunch of businesses that could use this book, so uh, oh, yeah. it's, it's nice. And clients. Uh, and, uh, yeah, uh, we've got uh, good <laughs> stuff coming your way next week. Here's a feature that we feature from time to time. It's our, our advertising showcase. What it is, it's a look uh, from the advertising show's perspective of advertising. Check it out. And now it's time for the advertising show's advertising showcase. An outstanding example of on-target advertising for the good stuff. Here's Ray and Brad. Look, I I can kind of see that in the other studio there. What is that that you have there? Well, you know, it's not often that we, uh, a lot lot of times we talk about television, we talk about national advertisers so everybody can relate to it. A lot of people watch TV, but gosh, outdoor is one hot medium right now. and. and has been for a while, and I, I think it's one of the you know one of the media that that is, that is still left uh, that people aren't running to the uh, internet and saying, "Well, I can get it over here." Right. Uh, you know what I'm saying? So uh, McDonald's, uh, this in this particular uh, case, McDonald's, uh, Chicago Land, and Northwest Indiana. Apparently, they combine those two uh, markets to create one. Leo Burnett uh, handles uh, the McDonald's uh, Owners Association, I guess you would call it. And this particular outdoor campaign, Ray, is just unbelievable. And I wish I could show you a, a picture, all of our listeners, and yeah. you can see it from there, Ray. Right. But basically, you have the uh, red uh, red color in the background. You have in the lower left-hand corner the McDonald's logo. And then you have uh, what would, in effect, be uh, visuals of items that you could purchase at McDonald's starting in what would be about the, uh, I'm going to say the 9 o'clock position on the billboard. You have a cup of coffee, and then it goes down to a, an Egg McMuffin, and then below that, uh, moving down towards the 6 o'clock position, it would be a, a Danish, and then it goes on and on, and where it ends at the uh, what ends up being about the 5 o'clock position is a uh, egg, uh, is a uh, egg and ham uh, sandwich. Now I say it in in terms of those positions, but in terms of the clock itself, they have the numbers six, seven, 
7, 8, 9, 10, and 11 after each one of those items. And above hmm. the billboard of those graphics that I just described is a uh, an arm, if you will, that is strategically placed in the upper right-hand corner of the board okay. in such a way that the sun casts a shadow in progression spanning the morning menu and gives each item its literal moment in the sun, if you will. Wow. And, and at noon, the dial forms a perfect McDonald's M, and the rest of the day, the, the sundial doesn't figure into the, the branding in this particular case. But at the first half of the day, uh, the idea uh, differentiates it from traditional sundials in that it... Uh, uh, you know, it, it serves to, uh, you know, look to the items that are being served at that particular hour of the day and uh, really is an attention getter and just a, a clever idea that uses nature, if you will, uh, and uses the sun as a way to, <laughs> to combine uh, a shadow that are cast on these particular items that are on the billboard. It's just such an ingenious idea. Wow. It's almost as if you had to be not just a creative genius, but, uh, you know, part engineer to, to figure this out. They, <laughs> They harnessed the power of the world's first alarm clock, if you will, the, the, the sundial. Yeah. Uh, and as is pointed out, the, uh, the lifespan, obviously, of the board cannot be, you know, overall, you know, long periods of time because the sun shifts as the season shifts. Sure. But it was yeah. specifically uh, located across from uh, Wrigley, Wrigley Field and was part of an ongoing breakfast campaign uh, intended to showcase McDonald's uh, uh, breakfast offerings during morning time. So congratulations to Leo Burnett, Chicago, and the mm-hmm. McDonald's Chicagoland Northwest Indiana Owners Association. So what do they do when it rains? Or when it's cloudy, <laughs> you know. Well, you can still but, get but, a shadow even in the daytime. I, yeah, you know, right. those people are driving around, the, you know, uh, the block and coming out of their way to say, "Hey, let's check that billboard and see what the sun's yeah. doing." That you know, I don't know, but no, you know, it, you're right. It's. I thought about that, but this particular <laughs> picture uh, takes is taken at high noon, so you see the M being right. cast uh, perfectly on the billboard. But it's uh, just such a great idea. I think, as far as advertising goes, I just absolutely that's one of my favorite mediums to find. Really, job well done, excellence, uh, yeah. you know, marketing campaigns, because so many of them are bad. <laughs> yeah, and, and you're right. And engaging uh, engaging graphics and copy and, and, and visuals uh, in, uh, in an outdoor arena can really uh, solidify and be something that's yeah. very memorable in, a, uh, in an advertising or marketing campaign. And you're right. So many advertisers just simply... You know, use it like a uh, placard, if you will. And they yeah, put, let's put my kid up there and my dog. And they put information up there, just pure information, like a yellow page ad right. uh, on a billboard, as if, you were, as if you're as interested in their business and what they're trying to sell you as they are. Right. So wake up for those that are going to do that or about to do that. Don't do that. You know, and Viacom has a good website. If you're thinking about outdoor advertising, they, you can go to the website. You can actually download a tutorial on outdoor marketing, uh, and they give you a lot of the, you know, the seven words, the, the uh, uh, you know, the look at the size of it. Actually, don't don't hold it right up in your face in an eight and a half by 11 sheet or whatever. Uh, look at it realistically and see what's going on. And so many times, too, and you know this, Brad, a client gets in the way of good outdoor advertising, mm-hmm. sadly. So I guess in what the we way, need, in a bad way, yes. In a bad way, yeah. So I yeah. guess what we can do is read the book, and uh, maybe we can get some piece of advice from uh, Linda. This part. And you know, old 
habits die hard, and it's difficult for all of us. But what was once Viacom Outdoor is now CBS Outdoor. We got to right. remember that because they just you know did that switch and well, they, they changed the names on the billboards though. So that's fine. have have they or not? No, I don't know. Maybe they oh, have. Right. But that's uh, I'd like to be the guy. Mind. Well, and you're right, and just like you know CBS Radio, it's hard to call it CBS Radio when we called it Viacom for so long, and then That's before right. that, Infinity and yeah. blah blah blah. You know, I, I've got we've got George Lois coming here in a couple of weeks here to the advertising show. I do not have a sheet of uh, in front of me here who is going to be our guest uh, next week. Who's Mark again? Golston? Mark Golston, who is the author of Get Out of Your Way at Work. It's a great book and uh, should be a great interview. Okay, so we'll have that coming up for you next week. In the meantime, tell your friends about theadvertisingshow.com. Lots and lots and lots. Of stuff available at the website and, of course, the podcast, the RSS feeds and such, and a lot of uh, great marketing advice as well. So it's the advertisingshow.com. We hope you visit it often and tell your friends about it, too. Uh, Linda Kaplan-Thaler, thanks so much for being on the show today. The Power of Nice, How to Conquer the Business World with Kindness. And also, I forgot to, you know, she, she mentioned the Aflac Doug thing. That's a shame because that's really a, a killer <laughs> marketing mm-hmm. campaign as well. Yeah. wonder what she'd have to say about the Geico Gecko. You never know. Advertising she, she had that account. Yeah, surprised. Well, she might someday, the way it's going. Yeah. Brought to yeah. you by Advertising Age magazine. You can visit them online at adage.com. The Advertising Show is a big radio midgets production.